0: everybody welcome to the pick six podcast it is friday july 26 and man do i will brinson host of cbs Sports' daily nfl podcast have an exciting treat for you
1: the triumphant return of brady quinn Woo! well i cannot tell you how bad <laughs> i have wanted to get back on the pick six podcast I have been hounding you on social media. And you know this, like <laughs> yeah. anything that's been up there, I've usually, usually made a comment, directed it towards you in particular on any pick six in- podcast, Instagram, social media yeah. account, Instagram in yeah. particular. But every single time I've tried to take shots at you just to get you fired up to have me back on the podcast.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I hope that, I hope that our scheduling, the scheduling gods and the contractual gods and whoever else is in charge of whatever it is we do are kind enough. That they let us do this as frequently as we did last year, because I have a really good time doing
1: a podcast with you. Um, I hope, I hope the feeling is mutual. Obviously, I think at one point I started to just, just miss you. Like I just, I missed Will Brinson in my life and I was like, I got to find a way of spending an hour with this guy at least once a week moving forward. Otherwise my life's not complete.
0: Oh, you know what happened the other day? We, um, it almost got awkward. So we were, uh, my wife bought a new car. And, um, the, you know, the late we're doing the chit chat with the lady doing the financial stuff or whatever. And, um, she was like, yeah, she, AK, AK was like, my husband writes about football. And she was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. Love football. She was asking me some questions about the Panthers and other stuff. And and she was like, yeah, I usually listen to, um, Sirius XM radio. And, and, and she mentioned that she listens to you on the, on, on the radio. And I was like on the verge of being like do you like i was like i I'm, i was like we're going friends with brady like we you know we text regularly i was like i was like on the verge of like should i call brady but then i was like no he would be he would be like what the f are you doing like like hey would you like to talk to brady quinn but i was like no brady will be annoyed and then that sounded like kind of humble braggish but but i thought about you the other day and i meant to text that to you but it, it's such a stupid story that i uh that i waited to tell it to the
1: millions of people who listen to this podcast <laughs> i was just gonna say you withheld it until this moment right now (laughs) to unleash it. Uh, That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, obviously I I work for, I have other employers. Uh, I appreciate uh, whoever that was listening, but um, they also need to listen to the Pick Six podcast. Because well, we had a lot of fun on this. Yeah, you know, we had a lot uh, of fun.
0: You do, but you do a radio show. Serious, that people can check out. There's there's lots of time. People got time in their cars. They got time to listen to stuff. All right, the, the people want football though because it's training camp season. So let's get right into it. News happened within minutes after we recorded this. We started recording this on Thursday night. Uh Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants was diagnosed with. Uh, a, I believe that they said a fracture. His thumb revealed a fracture. Shepard will be evaluated on a week to week basis. As you would imagine, Brady, the Giants tweeted this out and the replies were <laughs> just incredible. Uh, the top one is trade for Odell. Uh, so, <laughs> someone said, and now, and the Giants season is now officially underway. Um, another one has like a dude lugging, uh, two giant, uh, what look like wine barrels. And it's like Saquon with this giant's offense. Um, somebody, somebody just drew a picture, like did a gif of a, a locomotive crossing a bridge and then crashing into a river as the bridge falls apart. I mean, it's just a dumpster fires in here. Um, it's like Stephen A. Smith flipping out. It, it, it's everything you would imagine. Uh Should the, should giants fans be panicked about this in, in like, is it a bad omen or do you think it's an actually, an actual concern for Shepard's uh, future for the season? Where, where do you stand on this? Well, I don't think it's a bad
1: omen. Okay. <laughs> I, this isn't a team that's been snake bitten in, in the past. I don't think they're going to be snake bitten this season. I, I could eat those words or maybe I just jinxed them all together, but I don't think it's going to be that. The concern with the injury though is this, you know, your, your thumb is relatively important in regards to catching also ball security. Um, and so I, I know the, you know, outlook right now is what week to week, I think is what, what we've read and what we've heard so far. Um, so he should be ready by week one. But, you know, is he 100 percent? Is he not? You know, how's that going to impact him in the passing game, considering he is their number one option? You know, now that Odell's gone, he's the guy. And so he's going to get everyone's best corner. He And until he can prove that he is, you know, good enough to, to get two guys on him covering, he's at least going to be on the best cornerback man to man, you know, every every week moving forward. So, you know, there's going to be contested catches. There, there's going to be times when you catch the football and as you're bringing it down to, to secure it, someone punches it out. And so you've got to have Mm. the ability to, to secure it in your hand and your thumb becomes a really integral part of all of that, especially the way they teach you how to carry and tuck a football. So that is a little bit concerning. It's something to monitor throughout the course of the year. Uh, But you know, again, I, Giants fans or Giants fans, right? Maybe that was what Odell <laughs> Beckham was alluding or Baker Mayfield was alluding to when he made some of those comments that seemed to fire them up and stir the pot a little bit uh, about a week or two ago.
0: Uh worth pointing out that Mike Garofalo of NFL Media says it sounds like it'll be right up against the season for Sterling Shepard, uh, Sterling Shepard's return. So the early projection is he's questionable for week one. We'll see how he heals. And Ian Rappaport tweeted, there is some hope that Sterling Shepard sh- could be ready for the start of the season if all goes well, or at least he won't miss much time. Uh, now he's actually a great value in your fantasy drafts. He was a great value anyway. He's a ridiculous value now because no one will touch him, but he's the, you know, could be the primary pass catcher. Golden Tate should see some more targets out of the gates as well. Uh, really quickly want to mention, um, I guess, Brady, you would have been, were you in Madden? You were in Madden, right?
1: Yeah, 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 of, course.
0: yeah of course you were. Um, what was the high, did you, did you used to check? Uh, I
1: was not a gamer. I, I never looked back, uh, never, I, I never followed it in college, never did it in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I never had time to play video games. So if, I never really got into that. If you had to guess, yes or no, do you think that I played video games and or currently play video games? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. So the first part I would say, yes. The second I'd say, I, I I hope not. I hope you, unless you're playing with your kids or something, it's a little bit different now. Yeah. Uh, but if you're alone playing by yourself, uh, that, that'd be alarming at, at, at the age that you're at, at this point.
0: Yeah, I I guess. I mean, for I have to do a review a review of Madden every year and I do a simulation for the season and that's all coming out. That all came out today on
1: Friday on CBS Sports. Oh, app. so
0: it's part of your work. Exactly. So i spent it's a different story, different I, story. Yeah. No judgment
1: passed then if that's the case. Yeah. You're not some guy that lives in his parents' basement.
0: No, I didn't. I spent 9:30 to 12:30 playing uh playing Madden and reviewing the game. It's pretty cool. They have an RPO uh RPO option. You can you can do RPOs in and out, out of the playbook. And actually it's really it's really interesting like um you Usually, you know, in, in the Madden playbook, they have, um, you know, it's like you have to pick by – like you, you pick by formation, right? And you scroll through and you, you pick your play. Now you can actually do concepts. So, like, if you want to do uh, – you know, like uh, you know, like, if you, if you want to do a, I, you know, basically you do like, like, like a, like a flood concept. You can go pick plays right. that are locked in on flood concepts. The levels, of flood, yeah. et
1: cetera, et cetera. Yeah. they different concepts than Steam.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it depends on the playbook you're using, but it's pretty cool. Like it's a different way to pick it and it allows you different ways to do it. They have RPO. They added Not- a bunch of different stuff. My point in, in, in mentioning this is that uh, I would highly recommend Anyone who listens to this podcast to go follow me on Instagram, as Brady knows, great Instagram follow, uh, at Will Brinson, because I am going to give away several, and I don't know how many, several copies of Madden for free to Instagram followers. I am giving away uh, several on Twitter, and we're going to give away several on this podcast. Uh, here's what I need you to do to get a free copy of Madden while supplies last uh, PS4 and Xbox. I've got a couple of each for podcast listeners. Um, five-star review. Come up with a creative, just leave your most creative review and tweet it at at Will Brinson with a picture of the review, and uh, and then I'll get up with you and we'll give you away copies. Well, maybe we'll come up with a better way to do that contest. But the point is, um, if you start doing that now, you're ahead of the curve. If I get a couple of those uh, early next week, Madden's coming to your inbox. So check that out. Um, anything else you want to add to the Madden talk? I'm guessing no.
1: I actually just checked out for the past uh, 30 fine. seconds while while you're promoting that. So I apologize.
0: No problem at all. You know who else has checked out? Zeke Elliott. Actually, he's not. You know what? He's he's not checked in more 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 accurately because right. he didn't show up for his flight. Um, I don't know what seat number he would have been, but uh, Zeke did not show up when the Cowboys left for their uh, their, their 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 training camp out in California. Is this a uh, where Where do you stand on the Zeke Kelly Zeke Kelly stuff? Because he's, I mean, it's not like he's even Melvin Gordon. He's not even playing on his fifth year option. He has one year left on his four year deal, his fifth year option, and then two potential franchise tags. Do you Do you think he's doing the right thing, and or do you believe the
1: Cowboys will pay him before the season? So, the the latter part is a tough question to answer because I really do think he's in a tough place. Yeah. And, you know, he's probably the most deserving based on his production of the guys who are holding out. I don't think Melvin Gordon and him are in the same category as the type of runner or player. Um, and so I, I think he's very, very deserving of getting the contract. Now he's proven it. He's proven he's one of the top, if not the top back in the league. The problems are off the field that has to concern you. Mm-hmm. And so you then that comes down to the structure of the contract. The Cowboys have a bunch of guys they got to sign and extend, and so if you look at a philosophically speaking, you'd you'd be hard pressed to find a guy who's going to come in and do a Dax stunt since he's gotten onto the team, right? And you found him in a relative late round, which you know was great, but now it works against you because Zeke wants a new deal, Dak's a year away from free agency, and so you could say, oh, we we'll use the franchise tag, but that's a really pricey endeavor. So you probably want to get Dax signed up first. Then you have got Amari Cooper and Byron Jones, Jalen Smith. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. A lot of guys, and that's a credit to your organization because you've done a good job drafting and developing. But it's going to be hard to spread the money all the way around. And the cheapest guy, if you want to use the franchise tag, and you can answer this, is going to be what position group? Uh the running back. So why? You know, if you have concerns about this player off the field, why wouldn't you push it to that point? Now you, you know, your rebuttal would be, well, then he's just not going to show up and play. Okay. And, and maybe that's the risk that you run. But, you know, unfortunately, if you look at the L.A. Rams, I bet they would look back before they signed Todd Gurley to that deal and say probably wasn't a wise move. Yeah. What about Devontae Freeman? Since he signed his deal, he's only played 16 games of the 32 he could have played. Missed 14 last year. He's missed a lot of time. I, I think you look at a lot of these contracts, second contracts, for guys who have been drafted, uh, you know, whether it's relatively high or anywhere else, a lot of them haven't panned out. Brady, so, Brady,
0: Brady, really, yeah. really quickly. I'm just going to, this is
1: the, I mean, you're spot on, but here's the list
0: of the, uh, top 10 running backs. And it's Todd Gurley, nightmare. Le'Veon Bell just signed it. David Johnson, eh, questions. Devonta Freeman, nightmare. LaShawn McCoy, nightmare. Saquon Barkley, rookie deal. Jarrett McKinnon, nightmare. Leonard Fournette, rookie deal. Lamar Miller, nightmare. Zeke Elliott, rookie deal. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to sign no. a running back to a big contract.
1: No, and, and 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 everyone's like, well, what's the solution then? You know, hold out like Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel, and then try to get paid, you know, and put pressure on the team in that way. That's fine, but you have no leverage. So this is the only thing they can do is miss time. Hope the team says, you know what? We just we feel like he's that talented of a player. We got to get him in. We got to come to some sort of agreement and we'll worry about next year and the cap issues then. Um, but that's not a very smart, right? Like you can only play that game for so long before you have to have some cap casualties and you have to miss out on signing some other guys who end up moving on to free agency. So it's not very wise for the future. It just makes sense for the short term. Um, that's one issue. The other thing is, you know, if these guys really want to, you know, create change for the running back position, you got to go back to the draft and you got to go back in these CBA negotiations and say, I- I'm not upset at the team. I'm upset at my union. I'm upset at DeMarie Smith and, and all these other guys who are negotiating a new CBA as we speak, as we speak, who may be agreeing to an 18-game season. And they're not arguing for you know, young players who have proven themselves to get to or threaten free agency sooner. So instead of it being a first-round deal that's four years with a fifth-year option, they need to say, no, we want three, three years with a fourth-year option. Or we want two with a three, and they still can use the franchise tag if they want. And so, again, these sorts of negotiations and issues will be worked out a lot sooner after these guys have proven it. I don't think you're going to see holdouts, and I, get, I think you're going to see a lot of guys um, like a cornerback like Jalen Ramsey or a, an edge rusher like Yannick Ngakwe or a running back be able to get to these bigger second contracts sooner. And look, there's going to be some guys who don't prove themselves or can't do it in that amount of time. That's fine because cause if they do hit free agency, they'll get whatever deal the market makes for them then. But that's the really only way these guys can create change. It's not about them. It's about really the, the generations that are coming in behind them. And I just, I don't think it's a priority for the union. So unfortunately, we're going to keep seeing this issue in, in the NFL with running backs in particular more and more.
0: Yeah. And look, one of the things, um, you know, uh, when you look at it, in, in, did, in, is this right? That, uh, the chief, did the chiefs give? I think this is right. Did Eric Berry get a six-year, sixty-million-dollar deal when he was drafted?
1: Um, I'd have to go back and look when he was drafted because but he, he was 2010. I was trying to look at right. That. So he was that last deal. That's that's probably right because that might have been you know based on those numbers and you know inflation for what the year was before his spot and all that.
0: Yeah, but I mean in 2000, well actually I guess 2000, yeah, 2011 is when it changed. 2011 was
1: the first one. Yeah. 10 was the last big big deal.
0: Right, and but to your point about the union, they agreed. To reduce the amount that first round picks would make on their rookie contracts. Right. In, in a move that I believe was well intended because the idea was to try and get money pumped into the middle class, but that, the, the veteran, the middle class veterans who were working hard are being left out because squeezed out. Uh, of course.
1: But, well, like, again, right. we don't need to get into philosophical conversation about it because, look, it's much like our, our economy is talking about now, right? Raise the minimum wage. Oh, guess what has to happen when you do that? Well, there's gonna be some people who are out of a job then, right? Because yep. you can't support it. it's it's kind of similar to that. And that's what happened to the middle class in the NFL. Uh and but and so again, I understand your point of it. I, I just think it was naive because they didn't realize that when Eric Berry came in the league or Sam Bradford came in the league and he never played a down and he had signed this big contract, every guy that went into free agency after that was gonna be looking to surpass that number. Yep. Right? Yep. Or or guys who were in that middle class were saying, look. You can get my services, and I'm not Eric Berry, or or, or I'm not the star of uh, at at the safety position in the league, but I'll take half that for a five year deal. And so they're still getting paid. That number kept going up, uh, but unfortunately, they gave up a significant portion of the um the the actual overall revenue share. And because of the agreements now, I think we see where we're kind of at. Where you know they were allowed too much to roll over cap. We could go we could go into this for days because there's so many issues with with how the current CBA is set up for the players. And I don't want to get sidetracked on that. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, I I do think the Dallas Cowboys will get a deal done with um, Zeke Elliott for this reason. His value to that team and his relationship with Jerry Jones and that organization. I think that means everything, and I think they'll figure out a way of getting a deal done with him. Uh, I just – I don't know. It's going to be tough if they don't figure out how to get one done for Dak too.
0: Yeah. That's – all right. Interesting. Uh, and by the way, as we pointed out, if they do Zeke's deal this offseason – but don't get Amari Cooper or Dak Prescott's done, deal done this offseason, they might face a situation where one of those guys walks. And so you either lose your $30 million a year franchise quarterback into free agency because you franchise tag a wide receiver, or you lose the guy that you gave up a first-round pick for two years ago. So uh, a lot of leverage situations going on with the Cowboys, who clearly believe that Zeke is the st- straw that stirs the, uh, the team's drink. Michael Thomas is also holding out from the Saints for a new deal and look i mean like you know, this is just holdout season szn or whatever a lot of these guys are going to be reporting they're just making it known that they would like some more cash um michael thomas reportedly wants according to charles robinson of yahoo sports to be the first wide receiver to make more than 20 million dollars a year would you give it to him
1: i would i think he's been since he's gotten into the league as productive as anyone and on that trajectory um you know, it would be tough because Odell's making 18 this year, I believe. He's the highest paid based on the average annual salary. Um, so to surpass a towel like that, because I think Odell's a better talent, uh, I just, I think Michael Thomas has been so consistent and so good. I mean, led the league in receptions last year and he's done it really without much help out around him. So, you know, it, t- to me, I think the tough thing is if this deal gets done before Julio Jones, because I wonder if some part of me, Julio's looking to surpass that number two. And if Julio signs first, then I wonder if the agent for Michael Thomas is, is sitting back then saying, okay, we want to keep holding out to press the issue and surpass that number. I mean, you, you know how these agents work. They need to figure out a way of proving their worth now more so than ever, uh, especially because the, the rookie um, draft salary pool is, is slotted. So there's really not much to negotiate. So it's their second contract where they really have to prove their worth. And so that, that's where they get competitive and that's where their ego gets involved. Um, and so the timing of Julio Jones' contract will impact Michael Thomas, but but I, but I'd pay him. I mean I think he's worth every bit of it. The guy does everything right. Um, you don't have to worry about him off the field and all that stuff too. So outside of what doing a Joe Horn celebration on a touchdown celebration, that's the <laughs> only thing we've really seen from him where he's kind of turn your head and say, wait, did Michael Thomas just do that? Like, that was kind of odd.
0: I thought it was kind of awesome. Um, to, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, the throwback. They
0: should have given him a, uh, an extra point, tack on a point on the scoreboard for that. Uh, speaking of holdouts, two guys, the final two first-round picks, Nick Bosa and Quinn Williams, agreed to their rookie deals. Now, I will say this is one part of the new CBA that I think is – beneficial, even though they hacked off a bunch of playing time, it's easier to get rookies in there because they are slotted. Now, again, I don't want to dive into philosophical differences, I mean, philosophical issues. I am curious, though, because I believe, and I'm, this is my recollection, but I believe you had a, not a, not a prolonged holdout, but for your rookie season, you did. You didn't have a holdout, right? Like a small, like a short one. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so technically, no, it's not considered a holdout. Okay. okay. I, wasn't, right. I wasn't under contract, right? So, so you oh, had right. agreed upon terms, but I missed. I missed some practice. I want to say. 10 days, 11 days, 12 days. I remember I had a sheet. It was funny because back then. It was, it was, it was,
0: I grew, I grew up with it to check. It was 11 days. So.
1: It was 11 days. Okay. Yeah. Cause so it's, it was pretty common, like for a lot of picks. But and, in and the,
0: before the CBA, it was extremely common. Everybody right. held out because you're trying to maximize your value and you're negotiating. There wasn't a slotted amount that you were getting. You were trying, like you as the, um, uh, whatever pick you were could have like 22. 22. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so, anyway.
1: so essentially this is how I would explain it. Yeah. Um, you can negotiate pretty much anything, right? Sure. I mean, now there w- within the confines of what the team was willing to do, you know, a team wasn't going to sign me to a three or four year deal and all that. So it was going to be a five year, a six year deal, whatever you know, whatever they were going to agree to, t- agree to based on, on those parameters, uh, based on the year before and what other quarterbacks have been drafted at. But there was this thing called a, a quarterback premium, and the interesting thing is, Drew Locke, who was drafted in the second round, drafted one pick. Right behind Dalton Reisner was also a second round pick. Yeah. He, he, he hadn't agreed upon terms because they were trying to build in that value and they were basically trying to say to the team, look, we know what the CBA says now, but this is a quarterback and you and I both know his positions valued more than, the, than the guy in front of him uh, that if he's not a quarterback. So because of that, you should pay him more or you should give us more beneficial treatment within the contract. And so that's what you were really trying to, Uh, negotiate back then you'd try to negotiate a higher guarantee at signing you would try to negotiate more favorable terms like for example in my contract and this was you know i don't want to say a landmark but um for for some of the details of it there's what's called playtime incentives and so for most teams that you know if you played let's say 75 percent of the snaps you hit what's called low tier escalation so you'd bump up whatever your number was, you'd you'd bump up to whatever the next number would be in your salary and that would happen, you know, in lieu of a, a bonus. And so there's that. And, and you could actually do in two years. Let's say you hit, you know, fifty percent in two years. Then if you hit those numbers in those two years, you would then in consecutive years, you'd get that bump. A similar thing. So there's things like that you negotiate in the contract. And, you know, most players aren't aware of it. I really didn't know about this until it was explained to me by my agent. <laughs> and 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 honestly like what people don't realize are the teams know it's going to be a tough negotiation. They're, and their, their strategy is this. It's one of the hardest things you have to deal with. They won't pick up the phone. Ooh. And so you're talking to your agent. You're like, yeah, try calling them, try calling them. They're not picking up. Next day, try calling them. They're not picking up. They're not picking up. And because behind the scenes, you know, y- you can't say much. But the team's out there every day with the media. And so the head coach is going to be asked about it. And so they're hearing that what they're saying out there publicly, even though it's not what they're doing behind closed doors. So. Um, I ended up missing, I, I think you said 11, 11, days, 11 practice, whatever it was, which was funny. Cause like Braylon Edwards, Kellen Wins, like those guys had two. And I forget how many they, they sat out each, but like we were, I was keeping track of that. Cause I also didn't want to be like Jamarcus who sat out maybe even into the season, who was yeah. the number one overall pick. But you know, you obviously you could see like both the Raiders and then the Browns in that case, we had hard times coming to an agreement and they made it tough negotiations, but I was still, I was still there for every preseason game. So. Uh- I, Missed a little bit of time, but yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, just, Jamarcus held out until September 11th. Um, uh, you agreed to a deal on August 7th per this report right. on NFL.com, which was an old AP thing. It is interesting too, that like, you know, back in the day before, I mean, 2007 is pre, like fairly pre blogs, you know, internet. Like I'm not out there, you know, I'm not out there banging out news stories about you ending your holdout. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, freewheeling out doing whatever I am as a, as a mid twenties guy, but yeah. um,
1: drinking some toughies, you know.
0: I wish I was drinking some old toughies. Uh, if you're in Raleigh and you want old toughies, August fifth at the PR, baby, come hang out. I'll be there. Uh, the guys from 999 will be there as well. Um, but uh, you can come if you want, Brady. I, I didn't realize that your agent was Tom Condit too. Right, Su- super agent, super quarterback agent. Very, right. very good. Uh, you know, famously, uh, walked out to NFL Network, uh, in Indianapolis at the Super Bowl to uh right. to do the interview with Peyton Manning. But yeah, I mean.
1: It- so it's funny like just to go back to that experience and honestly what some a lot of players like Nick Bosa and Quinn Williams who we'll get to here in a second go through um you know you you rely on them like they're getting 3% of your contract yeah. and so that's the only like for a 5 year deal man that's the only time they're really working for you so um you know I came from a blue collar family none of my family had any experience in nego- negotiating contracts and what this was all about you know I'm I'm a, a first generation professional athlete so it's it's not like uh, people had experienced this before, or like Nick Bosa, he had a brother or a dad who played. So it was, you know, you rely more on that guy to give you his advice and his expertise. And we went with him because he had been through it before. He's one of the best at it. Uh, we had a good rapport. So like all those things lined up. And and that's the tough part, I think, for players that um, people don't understand is, you know, like they'll be like, oh, the player's being greedy or this and that. It's like, dude, no, it's, it's like the player's doing what he's being advised to do, by people who have done this before and you do the same thing because you don't know any better. Like mm-hmm. you've never negotiated a team or been in this position before. So you'd probably do the same thing. Um, and, and so it, it's interesting, but now that's all changed, right? The, the draft slotted once Bosa signed, Quinn Williams signs. And so everything kind of falls in place or falls in line like that. Uh, and they're in on time. Cause there's really only two things you negotiate signing bonus, the timing of when you're paid that. And then obviously the offset language.
0: Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll, uh, We'll come back and uh, we'll break down some maybe a little more news and we'll hit some AFC, uh, AFC South position battles. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase clutch athletics at com. The AFC South. Undoubtedly, Brady Quinn, the uh, America's sexiest football division, right?
1: Is that what you, I mean, when I think of the AFC South, <laughs> that's, that, I think that's of their of official... Andrew Lux Neckbeard. Yeah. I think of Andrew Lux Neckbeard. I think of, um, who else we got? Who else we got? Um uh, unfortunately, we have the recently suspended
0: Taylor Lewan who is a, uh. Oh yeah. Pop- for the boys. For the boys. He does. For the boys. Own, has his own, uh, podcast. The boys. Yeah, the boys. For the boys. For the boys. Yeah, his own for slogan. Yeah, for the boys.
1: For yeah. the boys. He says it a lot though, but I love it. I love everything about it. And, and, and I'm for the boys, so.
0: I feel like Taylor Lewan is top five. If you're in a, you're in an alley, um, you want him, you like, you want him having your back in a fight.
1: I would have loved for him to be my tackle. Yeah. Like I I interviewed him on radio and I I literally we you know we went to break and I was like I almost wanted to be like, dude, can I get your number? Can we just like can we hang out sometime if I come to Nashville? Like I just I think you're really cool and I like you. Like it, it was like it was like a weird bromance. I don't know why, but I've always Lyman are the best and he's easily top five in that regard. Do you
0: think that like so Uh, Most people probably know this. I'm not a former professional athlete, nor am I uh, exceptionally tall. If, like, you, me, and Taylor Lawan went out, like, partying in Nashville, would I – would I just be? Would I? I mean, like, would I? See, I don't even know, would I even be allowed to hang people, out? Would I be too yeah, short? People would
1: be like, "Who is this guy? Is he your agent? Is he? Does he your accountant? <laughs> um, is he your attorney?" They uh, would. They God. would be asking questions because they would be like one of these things is not like <laughs> the other, and then in, and then there'd be Will with his little southern swoop and holding an old Tuffy. and they'd be like, "Where'd you get that beer? I don't know. I got it from Raleigh. Brought it with me." Uh, brought a roadie. Um, There'll be a lot going on there. But
0: uh, you you packed twelve there, cases of Old Tuffy and flew to The there, Old tuffy. So. Yeah,
1: we just brought it in there. We had some roadies yeah. with us. You know, some some soda pops here on the the drive up to Nashville. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there would be a lot of questions. About I would who's I would, this guy? Why is he wearing seersucker, You know, shorts? shorts. Yeah, I would definitely start a fight there and be like, let's get him, guys. And then all of a
0: sudden, I'm getting the crap kicked out of me, and you guys are like, what a
1: moron. It's it's funny you say that because I feel like we've hung out socially now. And there's a couple times where I was like, Oh, Will's the type of guy's got, it gets a little mouthy. Like he gets a few drinks in him. He gets oh, a little yeah. mouthy. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I could, I, I could see some guy just quick jab and like stunning you to the point where like you're not even sure if you just got hit or punched in the face or not.
0: I, I haven't gotten, uh, assaulted by anyone in a long time, but yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty mouthy when I'm sober and you know, in, uh, in Vino Veritas and, uh, loquaciousness and whatnot, little uh, get a little lubed up. I tend to get a little mouthier. And so, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, that Again, this podcast has managed to go off the rails. Thank God. Taylor the one. It's good to have you back, Brady. Taylor the one actually suspended for several games. I, I assume you saw the video that he posted on social I media, did. right? It's, I did. It's, uh, it's too long to run on this podcast as audio. But I, I was really impressed, A, um, that he got out in front of it. And he was like, listen, this is what's happening. And apparently now he is appealing. But he wanted to let everyone know that he had been suspended <clears throat> before the appeal process went through, which is kind of unusual. Uh B, I, I think, you know, it's a huge blow for the Titans, especially early in the season. They play Cleveland in, in – in, play the Browns in Cleveland in week one. And then C, I, I think it's fascinating, too, like about athlete empowerment in terms of – you know, you mentioned – the message that you – know, but when you, in 2007, you you didn't get to talk to these te- – you know, you get to talk to reporters. And now it's like Taylor LeJuan can get out there and can kind of control the message himself, uh, even though it's not a positive one. Uh, and then, then finally, the heartfelt way he kind of got choked up about it, I, I don't think he's acting. I, I was just really – I don't know. It
1: was, it was kind of cool. It was really cool from the standpoint that you could tell when he got choked up what the game means to him yep. and then what his reputation means to him. So that was – Something that I thought was genuine and real, um, so I I appreciated that about it, and him being open and honest about it. Um, I also think some of it was probably a little bit embarrassment for for putting himself and his team in that situation, you 100%. know, because he seems like the type of guy that's just a team guy, you know, like whatever it is for the boys, for the boys. Like he's a team guy first, and and, and you know he's he's the embodiment of that and at his position. So I think part of that what there was genuine, just out of like sadness, like this is. You know, this is real. This is it's always gonna stick with them, you know? So uh I appreciated like those those, you know, couple or few things about it. But uh it's definitely gonna impact this team. Even though I think what Dennis Kelly played well at the right side for Jack Conklin last year, uh is it Pamphiles that he pronounced his last name? Kevin Pamphile. He he played for him a little bit last year, I think, when he missed some time and, and he did he did a good job too. So they have got decent backup options to replace him. Uh but you know, clearly you'd like to have all your horses hundred percent when you're going up against the defense, now it's going to have Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Week One, not to mention Sheldon Richardson, maybe Mike Daniels if he ends up signing with the Browns. Um, a lot of things that could could happen there, so they'll have a pretty tough front to go up against or a tough defense, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, um, I would. Where do you put the? Well, let's just talk about the Titans really quickly because we are we ran long on our news stuff a lot. It's nice to have. I mean, thank God that friggin' NFL news is back. It was a, right. it was a grind doing this daily. People are like, w- these guys don't talk about football. It's like, it's June MFR. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing happening. Don't get on iTunes and bang oh. me with a one star review because I'm not grinding out pedantic football news on See, June I, 15th. I think
1: that's a Russian bot. That's what I think it is. It might be. I, I think it's a Russian bot. I think Russia is, is trying to infiltrate two things, our political elections and then also our sports <laughs> podcasts. Cause, cause like they don't have football. Okay. At least not. Um, the you know NFL, American football, like mm. America, mm. and I think they're 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 pissed off about it. And so they want to try to infiltrate our podcasts, our way of life, everything we hold sacred. there's no <laughs> doubt we hold football sacred in this country.
0: Uh, uh, by the way, I want to I'm going to tell Debo to clip that because the way that you and I know what you said, but the way you phrased it was like they want to infiltrate our podcast and everything we hold sacred in this country. It's like like the idea that podcasts are the most sacred thing. Oh, <laughs> It's sacred now, baby. They yeah. don't have that over in Russia. Yeah. You, don't have right? the, you don't have the pick six. You don't have a daily football podcast in Russia. No. Russians. no,
1: Putin. Putin wishes he had something like this. They're probably listening to us right now. They're probably tapped into us, listening to us, recording this right now and you should let them know they wish they wish they had a podcast like this
0: just for the record i'm glad that you have the cachet within our uh our building to blast the russians cuz i'm not sure that i do that could I'm probably going to end up
1: dead by yeah. the time this airs That's... you're going to be like yeah he died of some accident it's kind of weird this
0: would be the instagram post like take that russians quote brady <laughs> at brady Quinn says uh all right the titans the uh the the position battle that we've got listed up here is wide receivers it's kind of interesting i guess um i mean it is interesting like corey davis is supposed to be the guy but he hasn't been entirely productive since they drafted him very early in the first round. Taewon Taylor was considered a quote-unquote gadget guy coming out, but he's just 24 and has flashed at times. Tajay, Tajay Sharp, um, a, a Dave Richard fantasy special who never materialized. Adam Humphrey got $36 million this offseason to be a slot receiver. And then A.J. Brown, their 51st overall pick out of all Miss. How do you see this uh, group of players shaping out?
1: It's hard to predict because it really all falls around Marcus Mariota and how big of a jump he can take. I mean, if this is going to be an offense that looks anywhere like last year, it's not going to matter who, who ends up being the top guy or not, right? Um, I mean, Corey Davis, I think, what, did he lead him in receptions last year with 65, at least from a wide receiver? That's fine. Um, you know, it's it's not going to get the job done. You know, you like to have a 1,000-yard receiver and a guy who's, yep. you know, really threatening. I don't, I don't know that they have that guy. So, um, you know, I, I think Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, purely because of the contract. And then probably AJ Brown. You know they draft him in the second round for a reason. They're want to they're going to want to give him a shot. My only question <clears throat> is when you watch him at Old Miss, he primarily plays in the slot, and people will try to make the case. Oh, he can play outside too. Uh, okay, can he? Have you seen him play outside much? I know he's a good athlete, baseball player, all that stuff. Uh, big kid, tough kid, good hands. His speed's not that great. He really can't separate that well, and so that doesn't usually work too well in the NFL, right? You've got to have someone who can scheme to get open. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he pans out. Part of me feels like Adam Humphreys is a little bit, just part of the system there in Tampa. Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm really bearish on him as well. Um, because he had so many other studs around him with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin and, uh, OJ Howard. And then that offense that really stretched the field vertically, he was kind of like the, the easier option at times, right? Playing the slot. So I'm not sure, you know, what his production is going to look like. Um, I'm sure they want to create a more reliable slot, but and maybe he will be that. But I just I I need to see it before I believe it. And then Corey Davis needs to take that next step. So it doesn't matter which one of these, which which three of these five, for example, end up being the starting guys. I'm just I'm not sure they're over, you know, overall equipped to be as good as they need to be to to compete within the AFC South.
0: Mm, So you think the Titans may be falling by the wayside? The the Colts are the favorite in the division. I think their tight end position is pretty interesting, actually. Uh, Jack Doyle. Who missed part of the off season, uh, but is back at practice now. Only played in six games last year. I think he's kind of flying under the radar. He is twenty nine years old. In my opinion, people are a little hyped up about Eric Ebron. The dude had thirteen touchdowns last year. I mean, that, I, I don't understand it when people think that like touchdown regression is not a nerd stat. It's just natural. Like you're not going to score. You know, Patrick Mahomes is not going to throw a touchdown in 8.5 percent of his passing attempts this year. He's probably going to have less than 50 passing touchdowns. Same with Eric Ebron. He's not going to catch 13 touchdowns on 66 receptions. Uh, and then they have Mo alley Cox and Ross Travis. I, it, this is a very deep roster. I think they're the favorite in the division. Uh, how do you think the uh, the old tight end position for the Colts shakes out? Well, first off, I
1: mean, you, you have two of them. You know, Doyle will be in there and So will Ebron. So I'm not really sure what uh, what competition there is between them. Maybe. In regards to, you know, who has more production? I, I don't know. Um, you're right. I think Ebron will regress in regard, in, in, in you know, regards to touchdowns. I mean, something that's a byproduct of, um, you know, can, Jack can Doyle I, missing time, right?
0: Can I can I kick
1: Debo under the bus here a little bit? I suggested we go defensive backs, and he wanted to go tight ends. And I was
0: driving to camp. And- I, yeah,
1: I, defensive backs would have made a lot more sense because there's mm. more of a question mark there with with who's it's really. Like, like, a, it's a, like here's cornerback. Here's
0: cornerback. Here, that's what I want. It's like here's our two tight ends. We're gonna run the ball a lot and yeah. have two. We're gonna tight run ends. the ball and
1: have play action pass, and then Doyle <laughs> and Ebron will be there. There's really no competition outside of that. So, I, th- this one's relatively easy. Uh, it will be Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron. The answer is yes.
0: But <laughs> Mel Cox is getting some buzz, but I'm I with you. I I don't I don't Devo does a killer job putting together rundowns for us, and I mean I you know, I could have been I could, I could have been more uh effusive about my uh desire to talk about the defensive backs. Do you think that Rocky Austin is a Week One starter for the
1: Colts? Mm, yes.
0: Ooh. Okay. Uh, I mean,
1: from what I saw from him at the Senior Bowl, and combined with what you kind of saw from their secondary last year, I would say those. Those, well, and the fact that the, most teams play a majority of, uh, three wide receiver sets. So there's going to be three, uh, cornerbacks most likely on the field unless they choose to go big nickel and put a third safety. But so in lieu of that, I think yes, he'll be a starter.
0: Um, what do you think about the the guys in the back end here? I mean, this is, if you're looking for one weakness on, on what is otherwise a, a pretty damn good roster, uh, I think you could, Think you could point to this and say, you know, they got Pierre Desir and uh, Quincy Wilson, Kenny Moore, and Rocky Sin. I mean, the, the defensive back, not exactly a strength of this team.
1: No, and and I think you know, going into this year, they made some changes in the off season. You know, when you bring in a guy like Justin Houston, who I st- still think has good football left in him. Yep. Um, you know, drafted Ben Bannek in the second round. He's you know going to probably be a pass rush specialist. And there's some other people's you know people too up front, but. Um, you know, to that point, if you don't have much of a pass rush, obviously you got to cover for longer. So that, that definitely is a question mark. Look, Pierre de um, they, they signed him back in the offseason. He had a pretty good year last year. Um, you know, you put him, Rockyuson, Malik Hooker, Quincy Wilson. If if that's your, you know, four starting, you know, four starting guys, you know, out there. Um, who am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Gathers probably at the other safety spot. Yep. You know, if if that ends up being your group, I think they can play well and grow together. I mean, they're relatively young. Uh, if those guys don't work out, Kari Willis, Marvell Tell, those are a couple of their draft picks too that were there. So, um, you know, to, to me, I, I think, look, they may not be the best, you know, they may be, you know, arguably, I'm trying to think of what you're working with some of the other division or some of the other divisional opponents. Um I mean you, you probably can make the case of the worst, right? Yeah. Or, or maybe third, well, fourth, definitely I bottom mean, half. Let,
0: well Jacksonville's got really good corners. Right. Um Tennessee's actually got pretty good corners. Tennessee's
1: really good. Yeah. T- Tennessee- their secondary's really good.
0: Yeah, it's sneaky good. Um and uh and then Houston's uh eh, Houston's okay.
1: Yeah. I That's would t- of- I was like Houston and, and you know Indy you'd probably put somewhere there in the bottom half. But either way, yeah. look I think the good thing is if you're a Colts fan, they can build for the future with this group. I mean that, that whole defense is going to be built for the future. The whole team really is is built for the future when you look at them right now.
0: Absolutely. Um elsewhere in the division uh and by the way, very quickly, um oh, you know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a dummy. There was another piece of Titans news that was out there. Kevin Byard signed a 5-year, 70.5 million dollar deal. You know, I had two multiple opportunities to segue into that. Both with the Eric Berry thing and with the Titans talk. I didn't do it. I'm mentioning it now. It, I don't know how uh how worked up it gets you about Kevin Byard getting a deal. A lot of people were like, who? What? That's crazy. This dude. <laughs> he's
1: the best he's, player no one knows in the league.
0: Yeah. He's the most underrated player in the NFL and good on the, good on him for getting that cash and good on the Titans for locking it up. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that you could go higher than that. That's a pretty damn big deal because it's, it's the highest ever for a safety. But I mean, you know, he's a great player and all pro caliber safety and locking him in. Like as we point out, gives the uh, the Titans one of the better secondaries. Three opportunities to segue, and I failed.
1: I was reading about uh, his background, his history. He wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school. Um, you know, wasn't thought of a ton too when he first got into the NFL. But he's made himself into what he is as a player, and it's it's incredible. I mean, he's one he's one of those rare, unique success stories um, from from how he was recruited and everything else. He he really he really is. And I want to say he played what like 99.7% of snaps a couple years ago on defense. I mean, he's just, he never really leaves the field. He's, he's, he's the epitome of what you look for as far as a safety, a leader on the team and then just a, a success story in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And I think once, yeah, yeah no, I, I agree completely. Uh, not to linger on that too long. Just worth noting. Um, also, Oh, wide receiver for the Jaguars is a position that we got to talk about. I, I guess. Sure. It works. Um, spoiler. In my Madden simulation, do you know who led the NFL in receiving yards for the season in my fake game, my fake simulation that I ran?
1: Uh, Marquise Lee? Didi Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. <laughs> didn't,
0: okay. didn't see that one coming. What's uh, his rating? I, I don't, I have no idea. I gotta go look. I mean, it's just he just popped up out of nowhere. Nick Falls is like, had like 4,500 yards passing. It was pretty crazy. Um, wow. Also, uh, another random occurrence. Terrence Williams, formerly of the Cowboys, I think yeah. still a free agent. Somehow signed with the Packers and led the NFL in receptions on my Madden season. So, sure.
1: So if there's one thing I think we could take away from that Madden season, is it's nothing. It, you can't take anything away from that Madden season.
0: It correctly predicted the Falcons in the Super Bowl a few years ago. So,
1: hey, Who do you got going this year? Is the Chargers and who? Uh,
0: it's not the Chargers. I, I oh, can't. it's not? Well, this is. Coming. I thought it
1: was basically any team led by Philip Rivers.
0: No, no, no. This is. I, I don't. I'm not in charge of this. I, I let the computer do it and just see what happens. Um, I, it, it's out now because it's Friday now, so it, it was published on Friday morning. It was the Cowboys beat the Browns in the Super Bowl. Oh gosh! I mean, come on. I I didn't do it. I don't control it. It just happens. It's not my, It's not my thing.
1: It's Madden. Okay, now, that, that makes me even less likely to ever refer back to Madden.
0: Don't bash Madden on this
1: podcast. Dallas definitely isn't getting there. Cleveland is though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's>, it, it, <laughs> excuse me, it, when when this happens. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to do a video in HQ with me where you like bow down to Madden or something like that with his Cowboys vs. Brown.
1: Sure if if that happens, I gladly will bow down to Madden.
0: Deal. Uh how do you think this wide receiver thing shakes out for the Jaguars? They signed Chris Conley this all season, had an Achilles injury last year when he was with uh two years ago. Two years ago, so he'd be with Kansas City. Um DJ Chark is there, a young guy, Keelan Cole, Pete Prisco predicted he would be a monster last year. He wasn't. Did catch seventy balls, though. They have Terrell Pryor. Yay! And of course, Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook, who we mentioned. It's uh, it's like a cobbled together group of talented young players with no one who's emerged.
1: And and that's the tough part of predicting who will emerge. You know, uh, people's favorite tends to be D.D. Westbrook, maybe Madden, Madden as well, based on your prediction. I think Chris Conley is going to have an opportunity to shine. I really do. I think like, he's a little bit seasoned. Um, didn't have a huge year last year with the the, the Chiefs, but there's a lot of mouths to feed there. This is an opportunity for him where I think he can be at a really good spot. And it can impact this team. I know DJ Shark, their second round pick from last year is one that they're looking for to take a huge jump. My feeling on him is he's got all the athleticism and ability in the world. I just don't know how, what, how good his hand eye coordination is, how good of a pass catcher he ultimately is. And I think that, you, you know, you can create separation all you want. If you can't catch the football consistently, it's, it's going to be an issue. Um, not, I mean, let's count out Terrell Pryor. Keelan Cole will definitely be a complimentary piece. But to me, I, I think that the surprises may be Chris Conley. Um, uh, and then Didi Westbrook, as far as the two guys that step up might lead this team in receptions or lead them in receiving.
0: All right. I like it. And finally, let's go to the Texans where good Lord, they need some help at left tackle. Matt Khalil heavily involved in the competition. Titus Howard, uh, drafted as well. Julian Davenport. Uh, what do you, what do you see? Do they have a chance of protecting Deshaun Watson. Is this a, they can't be worse than last year situation?
1: <laughs> it's a great question. Really want to see how good Titus Howard is because they drafted him in that spot to essentially insert him and be a day one starter. And look, Um,
0: look, I mean, let's be real here. They wanted Andre Dillard out of Washington State. The Eagles traded up and sniped him. And they I'm not saying they didn't want Titus Howard. I think they did. I'm sure he was the number two tackle remaining on their board. But it was a we have to draft a tackle. We have no other choice. And we just got smoked by Howie Roseman.
1: I think, I think they maybe felt like if they didn't come out of the draft with, with, you know, a tackle they felt really good about, it was going to be an issue. But yep. I, look, I, I've heard good things about Titus Howard so far. Same thing with Max Sharping, their second round pick, both on the offensive line. So shocker if that gives you any idea of what they're looking for. But, um, here, here's what I think. Titus Howard played at a lower level. Right. And I think sometimes you get a little bit concerned about those guys coming from like an Alabama state, for example, like he did, and then jumping up to the next level. I I don't care if you're like, well, they played well in the senior bowl or that that week. Great. That's one week. Okay, that's not like your entire college career. And so we'll see how he transitions into the NFL. I wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't Davenport or Khalil to start off one of those two because they're experienced and, you know, you're betting on those guys improving a little bit or you at least know, you know, what you're dealing with. Right. The devil, you know, is always better than the devil. You don't know. Sure. And that's the problem is you put in a rookie in there who's not ready for this level, is not ready for the next level. You could really create a problem. It only takes one play where it can end your quarterback season. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if either of those two guys that weren't the starter out the gate and depending on how they perform, how they play, then maybe they would turn to a guy like Titus Howard. I could be wrong, but that's how I see this going early on.
0: Mm, very interesting stuff. All right, Brady Quinn, friend of mine, friend of the show, lover of Madden. And seersucker bathing suits. That that that's your title, right? Official title?
1: Yes. Yes. Although Chris Hassel did today on, on CBS Sports HQ. Ask if uh, if he asked if I did an ad for nugenics, which is which is a testosterone booster for like aging men, right? Oh. Who have like low T. And I was like, no, it was for EAS. I was like, that, that was what it was for. That's the commercial you're thinking of. You're you're getting it confused with the Frank Clark nugenics commercial, right? The big Hertz commercial where I think someone's like, Frank, you look good. You've been working out. And he goes into this whole spiel about eugenics. So, um, that was, that that should also be thrown in there as far as the title. He called me Wilhelm today, which I think is a term of endearment. So I got that going. You know what, though? When Hassel messes up, he covers it better than anyone else. Because he'll roll with it.
0: He's very, he's very, no, no, he called me Wilhelm off air. But, um, he, oh uh, gosh. He does he
1: he's he's a pros pro and a delightful
0: person to work with. Just like you, Brady Quinn. Let's uh let's get out of here. We'll talk soon, buddy. Sounds
1: good, though.